Hello, my name is Molly Salzkog, and I am a senior intelligence analyst at the Sufan Group. Hello, I am Adil Brar. I'm a column writer with uh, The Print based in New Delhi. It's uh, great to be here with you today. And um, I know that there have been a couple of stories that maybe hasn't about China and their uh, influence in surveillance activities that maybe hasn't gotten the attention of everybody in these past two weeks. But in essence, um, what I've read in both the Washington Post and the New York Times is that um, there is pretty good evidence now how China has turned its internal uh, internet data surveillance network outward, mining you know, Western social media platforms like Facebook and Twitter, going after dissidents abroad, but also building databases of, of Western journalists and academics. Um, and I just wanted to get your take on like, what were you thinking when you saw this? What does it mean? What, um, what is actually the impact of this uh, information? Yeah, these two stories that came out in the same day give us an insight into what's going on behind the scenes with sort of the public opinion management that Beijing does. And this is the first time we get an insight into the actual working of the system where you have universities, the state media, as well as the law enforcement coordinating over, you know, management of open source information and then targeting dissidents or like overseas Chinese citizens. And these stories give us the insight by telling us exactly how the money is being spent, because this is a billions of dollars worth of industry in China. That's what we've learned for the first time, though there was evidence which was circumstantial in the past. But now we have exact numbers to tell like which entities are part of this kind of management of like public opinion. Um, essentially, I think they are crawling the internet for open source information and data creating databases based on the information that has been collected by the bots and the crawlers. And this allows you to kind of connect the actual you know, identities of people with the online personas that people have. And in the New York Times story, they talk about how they were able to um, connect one of the students who was based in Australia with her parody account on Twitter. So this is something very chilling that even if you create a kind of a persona online, you can still be tracked down and someone can come after you if you're even not based in China. So this has ramifications for, I think, everybody around the world who is critical of Beijing. And so we should be watching out how the system is deployed and used against others. And Molly, what do you think about the whole disinformation aspect of the story? How do you think Beijing can use um, the system that they have developed for like disinformation or any kind of misinformation? Yeah, I think um, what you're noting is so important. But I also looked at the story, like you pointed out, from uh, enhancing Beijing's capabilities to peddle uh, both sow and amplify um, dis and misinformation online towards a Western audience. I think we've seen ample evidence in 2020 and 2021 how China has, or the Chinese Communist Party and state-backed actors have leapfrogged in their capability on how to um, spread false information online, either by amplifying or seeding it, and kind of taken um, some, some uh, pages out of Russia's playbook even to do this. And I think when I looked at the the uh, you know the the evidence of of um, th this these contracts going out for different software surveilling Twitter, um, Facebook, and other Western social media, I also think that there's a component where China 
can now take the temperature on what's being said online in a, within a Western audience, for example, or even, you know, within an Indian audience when it comes to elections or Australia or what, whatever you have, and then know what is resonating with people and figuring out, you know, what are some effective messaging strategies that benefit China, either by supporting a specific political party or uh, peddling pro-China um, sentiments regarding infrastructure or lending or whatever it may be. And so I think it has that also scary kind of influence capability um, that we've seen that China has sought to develop um, and really has uh, started to excel in, in these past um, two um, years. Yeah, for sure. And I think the way they might use the technology is to kind of, uh, you know, use the same method that they have for like dividing opinion, which is essentially, you know, um, united front strategy. So that's where I think Beijing might find the kind of differences within political systems and kind of try to exploit that through united front strategy where they can, um, you know, categorize opinion as pro-Beijing, slightly pro-Beijing or something that's against their, um, you know, worldview. And that's how they kind of create these divisions within groups and um, go after democracies, essentially, whether it's Australia, India, or, or the US. And I think that's primarily how they are planning to use it. But I also think the targeting of dissidents is very uh, alarming because now they can essentially create and connect personas online with actual individuals. And that's where um, I find it uh, most concerning. Thanks for the conversation, Molly. Thank you.